Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great pleasure I direct your attention... Welcome back to The Think Tank, a podcast for life's deeper conversations. Hosted by Ethan Finn and Chase Sanchez, they dive into some of the most compelling topics. Join them as they go deep into The Think Tank. Welcome back to The Think Tank Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan. Um, and before, before I introduce today's guest, uh, a lot of you have been wondering where, where Chase is at. Chase has not been in the last few episodes. Um, he's very busy right now, a lot of stuff going on at home. So, uh, he will be, uh, doing some episodes here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, in the meantime, we got two, two of my favorite people on the show today. Uh, we got Eliana Dar and ZB Bishop. Do the voice. I'm not doing the voice. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast guys. So glad to be here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. All right. So before we, uh, before we get into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and why you're here. All right, uh, I'm ZB. I'm from uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, the best state in America. I'm 6'4", almost Ethan's height. Um, I played soccer, and I carried the flag football team. <laughs> That's a great intro. I like that. It's one of the best ones we've had. <laughs> My name is Eliana. I'm from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I am not over six foot, so... <laughs> She's seven foot, actually. Yeah, actually. Yeah, taller than Ethan. Um, I carried our intramural volleyball team. You never played with us a game. I was really hoping that you were going to be on our team. I was going to. There was that one game where I was going to play the other sets, and then you guys didn't want me to play. So I did. Uh, some of us did. Some of us didn't. I feel like Zeebie didn't want me to play. No. Yeah. I mean, so. we still won, so like, were you needed? But you lost after that, so, so I was you. needed. You also lost. Wow, that's great. We're already so we're already having so great conversation tonight. It's great. We're already getting into fights. All right, so uh, so how 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 did you guys end up here? At CCU. Yeah, um, in my living room. In your living room. Um. So how did we meet? I don't remember. I think I, we just, I think we were just playing volleyball that one night. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? yeah I met you playing volleyball too. No, no, no. Way before that. It was like, it was like night one. It was like after Moonlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the Cards Against Humanity. With the Amish. The Amish and the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was an experience for sure. I missed out on that part. Yeah, you did. You should have come. It was, it, was, it was bad. Like, I've never seen Lincoln, like, just go off on somebody more than he did. Dude, she... I don't even, like, want to talk about it in case she is listening. Just because, like, there's a chance. Well, I already called her Auschwitz girl, so... <laughs> yeah. Sorry I missed yeah. out. Well, for clarification, she didn't know what Auschwitz was. Not that she's... Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's a distinction here. She's not Auschwitz girl. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. So, what do you guys want to talk about tonight? Oh, you can't put us on the spot. I, I thought you guys had something. You said you did. Um, you had an idea. Like a specific yeah, thing. Can Otherwise, we'll just... Tattoos, and then tattoos. specifically uh, for both of us, a tattoo we want, or that I have and that she wants, is from Psalm 139. Okay, yeah, let's let's do it. Tattoos are interesting because I, 
I've like want for a little, I've like contemplated it for a little bit, but then I'm like, I don't know what I would get. So is it really worth it if I don't really have that much of a desire for it? I almost pulled the trigger on my 18th birthday and then my mom wisely suggested that I wait. She said I should wait till my brain's fully developed when you're like 24. But I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I figured if I wanted the same thing for long enough, then I would just do it. So I'm kind of at that point. I might, I might pull the trigger soon. I really want. What, so what, what is the, uh, where do you have yours? On my thigh. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm, oh wait. Yeah. I have seen it. Yeah. 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 Okay. And why, why do you want to get, why do you want to get that on there? Or like Eliana, what do you want? Um, well, I wanted to get scripture, a scripture verse on my spine. And then the other one I wanted to get is so will I on the back of my like, arm. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Um, that song is my all-time favorite song ever, and I have some of the lyrics like on my wall at home, and so I figured if I looked at them for pretty much a year straight and still wanted that on my body, then I feel like it's safe and I'm not going to regret it. Yeah, that's, that's facts. That's facts. That was always my biggest fear was that I would get something that I want now, but then like in the future, I would just be like, yeah. this is stupid. Why did I get that? But I feel like if you get scripture or right. something no, related exactly. to scripture, you're never yeah. going to look at that and be like, that's a bad message. I don't want that on right. my body anymore. No, I agree. I don't know. I feel like it would hurt really bad. It didn't. Yours would, I guess like, there's a lot of fat there. I think there you need to leg, describe so. it. No one, no one knows what it looks like. Okay. So my tattoo on my thigh, um, it's an angel outline um, because whenever I was... A little kid and a big part of the reason why I believe in God is because I saw an angel whenever I was a little kid and so it's on my leg it's what I saw it's always there to remind me and then uh, next to it uh, or inside of it is 139 which is for Psalm 139 uh, <laughs> Psalm 139 is by far the favorite chapter of, of the Bible um, talking all about like how God sees me it's the first full chapter of scripture that I fully memorized and still like have to memory and still like think about daily and use daily and then it's also a song and underneath it I have lyrics to the song and it's God of David, Rock of Ages, King of Zion, Mighty Lion and it's from a song but it's a biblical message so I'm okay with having it on my body forever. That's sweet. That's really cool. I didn't know that. But yeah, it, it has like a full theme of like so the words are who God is, um, the one Psalm 139 is how he sees me, and then the angel is what he's done in my life. Have, have people ever asked you about it, like what it means and stuff? Yeah. That's and great. It's, it's always a great conversation starter. Oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. And why do you want to get it? Same reasons? Or? Yeah, actually, conversation starter. I genuinely feel like if I get something, like if I get the word, so will I. No one really knows what that means unless they ask me about it. I feel like that's a great time to be able to evangelize and just say like all that God has done in my life. And be able to share the gospel because what better way to get a conversation started than to say what's on your body and why is it permanent so definitely yeah, yeah for sure you're like a walking billboard yeah pretty much he's like yeah would that be the only tattoo you you want to get or is it um no so the reason we were talking about psalm 139 actually we were talking about it last night is um is it 14 verse 14, yeah, 14. um 14. talking about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made um, my mom used to say that to me all the time growing up, just saying, you know, place your worth in who God says you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I thought about getting that on my spine. Mm. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm not completely opposed to getting more, but also less is more sometimes. 
I agree. Um, so if you have especially when it comes to tattoos. Yeah. Also, but it's a matter of personal preference. Like if you have a bunch, there's nothing wrong with that. But the two that I really want, I think, would be really great conversation starters, and definitely just start there rather than starting with a bunch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Would you ever get like a sleeve? <laughs> I mean, no. I'm just kidding. No, I would not. Yeah, me either. I can't. But, I couldn't do it. No. The ones I want would probably be just, like, thin, line, cursive, something like that. Yeah. Pretty subtle, but observant yeah. people who see it, you can start a great conversation about it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. I didn't even think about that, like, which is, sounds horrible, but, like, I always thought of tattoos, like, of getting one that, like, I don't know, has some sort of, like, secular message on it yeah. or whatever. Or just, like, not even a message, just, like, a mm-hmm. picture or something, but... Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's as valuable for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I don't know what I would get anyway. Like, do you have any ideas? <laughs> I don't know. I like. I really have no idea. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> Dude, this guy needs to be quiet. Um, I I could honestly like. I don't know. I could mess with, like a cross or something. Where would you get it? <laughs> you say where would I get it? Yeah, yeah where. Um, my butt. No, I'm just kidding. It's like straight across the butt. No, I'd probably get it. I, I'd probably get it like on my forearm, like right here. Oh yeah. How big? Talking like. Like that big, probably. Okay, I like it. Fairly large, but. Did you fill it in? Just like a. I might just do an outline. Outline. Yeah, because then it's like not like too much. Yeah. But then at the same time. Like, that would hurt, I feel like, on your forearm. So it really wouldn't wouldn't be too bad unless it's, like, right on the wrist. Yeah, I feel like your forearm wouldn't be that bad. You, like, but, like, if it's, like, lower, like, on your, like, wrist area, then that's where it, like, is super painful. Because gotcha. all your nerves, yeah, all the nerves are there. Like, right there. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I had I had friends in high school that, like, did stick and poke and stuff. Ooh, yeah. Like, that, it's just terrifying. Like, watching it is, like, kind of scary. Like, I don't know. Not, that would not be my thing, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> it's like a weird concept, like poking a hole in your skin and like inserting ink into the space is like it's just odd. I don't know. It's kind of cool though. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, I guess it'd be it'd be interesting to like always have like a permanent mark there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never get rid of it. What do you think about like piercings then, though? Ooh, like for men or for women? Either. For men, I think it's like it's largely like kind of a negative like i feel like studs some people can rock studs like i have a friend he's got um he's got like one earring on the side with a cross on it mm-hmm. like it's kind of cool i mean some people look better than others but um i don't think i could pull it off i would never get a piercing for girls i think i think most piercings for girls look fine most i mean yeah like <laughs> well <laughs> no I'm i don't know i just like too much is like yeah kinda weird. right but, like, you know, a stud in your nose or, like, multiple on the side of your ears. Like, mm-hmm. Well, that's nothing. interesting, too, because even though you can let it close to the point where you can't put jewelry back in, like, that's still permanent. You'll still yeah. see the mark. So. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. What t- wait, how old were you when you got your ears pierced? Um, I got, well, I have eight piercings. So Jeez. I wow. have, like, four sets, I guess you could say. I got my first one done in second grade, and then I got my second one done in eighth grade. Third one, I got summer going into senior year, and 
Oh wait, no, third one actually I got like during junior year, and then this one going into senior year. So. Do you guys think there's a point where it's like either marking your body with tattoos or like too many piercings becomes like bad, like morally bad? Like there's there's a lot of people who think that it's like sacrilegious or something. I think it depends on what you're getting. Yeah, the message. If I like have something on my forehead that says "I hate Jesus," then that's probably not good. But (laughs) like tattoos in general, and the verse most people go to, I think it's Leviticus twenty-eight nineteen. Is I think where it's like it says like don't get piercings, don't tattoo your body, for I am the Lord, Mm -hmm. which is horrible because like in in their times people would worship other gods by getting tattoos Mm -hmm. instead of the christian god and so i think that verse is horribly used to like go against tattoos um when in actuality like my tattoo is opening doors for people to ask about my faith which that's facts is only a positive thing yeah that's how i see it too i think it all depends on the message and i think that you know when you open doors for evangelism people can ask you about your tattoos I just don't see how there could be anything wrong with that when you're opening doors for Christ. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I don't. I mean, I think there's there's quite a few verses and stuff in the Bible that are taken out of context for people to like fit their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What do you think is the most taken out of context? Um, probably Philippians four thirteen or Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah, I agree. Or um. Um, all things work together for those in Christ Jesus. You have to, you know, take that into account that it doesn't just mean you'll get your way, but, you know, if you are praying for things according to God's will, he will fill his will in your life, and that doesn't mean that you can just get whatever you want. Yeah. But I would say Philippians 4.13, for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, Stephen Curry, <laughs> like, like, come on. Like, it's so cringe. I'm sorry, I see people with, like, those shirts on, Yeah. and I'm like, dude, this is just bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just bad. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Bengals. The Bengals. Go Bengals. Eliana, are you a football fan? I can't say I'm an avid football fan, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it. You watch the Steelers? Not the Steelers. Really? The Steelers. I'd say Eagles. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I always forget that, like, Pittsburgh is in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and Philly. And that, like, they're both in, I don't know, it's just weird that they have, like, two teams. Pittsburgh is such a cool city, though, but I just can't say I'm quite the Steelers fan, but I don't really watch enough football to be able to be avid about that, so. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. It's a big debate in Pennsylvania, or my area, because Central PA, you're, like, smack dab in the middle of both. So, okay, yeah. Split. I'd say there's probably, I know more Eagles fans, but the Steelers fans are out there, loud and proud at home. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> I, have, I had friends whose parents were like Steelers fans. I was like, why are you a Steelers fan? You live in California. Like, what are you doing? California? Yeah. Steelers fans. We had, well, for us, it was like, you. it was like when the Raiders were still there, it was like Raiders and Niners, like always like at odds with each other. And so, you know, you, which I think are like two of the worst fan bases in, in the NFL. And they're both in like the same, like, like 10 minutes away from each other. So it's just bad. It's just bad. California, California football is an L. All the way around. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys? Um, it's our year. 
you know, I think we're going to win it all this year. I didn't think you were a Cowboy. I thought it was just Joseph. No, I'm not a Cowboys fan. <laughs> okay. I don't really care about football. It's just, it's funny to say because we're so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny because, like, football is huge in Texas. But, like, their NFL teams are just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Like, most of the people there, like, don't even like Dallas or the Texans. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'd be watching college football, like, way more than the Texans or the Cowboys. I don't know. Bro. (laughs) What is going on? So many noises. There's always something. It's always something going on in the background. I swear. I swear. I don't think I've had a moment of, like, solitude and complete quiet since I've moved here. That's, That's a, a good, good point. <laughs> Except for like when you're sleeping. Mm, even then, sad. I feel like there's just noises even then. The AC is loud, but I didn't muffle mine like big CB. Dude, that was so funny. <laughs> Put the mattress up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I feel like that's a big thing too, just like going to college is that I feel like a lot of people just don't prioritize like having quiet time or like yeah. downtime. Well, it's weird. I was an, I'm an only child, so I went from a really oh, quiet yeah. Yeah. <laughs> household to living with six other girls. So. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. You know? <laughs> I feel like it's been so fun though. I feel like girls' rooms always have like more issues. Yeah. Yeah. There's also Sometimes. just a lot of random noises too, though. It's not even just like always drama. There's always music playing or. Like random dancing in the living room or <laughs> yeah, stuff sometimes, like that. Sometimes you know? I forget like two of my roommates exist. <laughs> like, I just like won't see them and they just like appear like once every two days. And <laughs> oh just kind of like say hi and continue on with my day. So you don't really like, you're not like close to any of them really? Uh, I'm close to like one of them, but. Just, just really Joseph. Don't... No, not Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob. Joseph's going to listen to this and... <laughs> Do you think oh, he he's at work 24-7. Do you think he's going to listen to this? Probably not. But he's at work all the time, so like, I can never really yeah. do anything with him. Bro, he's going to own that Starbucks. <laughs> 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 he's, I swear. Our business professor would be proud. <laughs> I, think, I, think I, went, I think I pushed myself too hard like the first few weeks of school. Like I was doing something super late like every night and like didn't care. Mm-hmm. I do that every night. Yeah, I can't I do that say anymore. No. I, I have to work at 6 a.m. Tuesday, Thursday, and then I have 8 a.m. Monday, Wednesday. Yeah. So there's no way, for, like, it's just not good. I get up at 5.30 every morning. I'm trying to go to bed. It's like 12.30. Ew. You have five hours of sleep I every night. I just don't night. need as much sleep. Nah, you need sleep. <laughs> you need to sleep. I know, I'm fine. But, like, I'll catch up on the weekends sometimes, so. I heard it takes three days to catch up on sleep when you miss, like, when you have, like, a bad night. Like, when you, when you don't sleep very much on one night, it takes, like, three days to catch up. I don't know. When we first moved here, I could not sleep through the night. It was the weirdest thing. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Some people say it's altitude. I don't people think so. I don't, people I, that's, blame everything no, on Everything's the on the altitude, here. yeah. Everything. <laughs> oh, oh, are you from here? Oh, then it's the altitude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Dude, today, I was, like, filling up my water for a hike, and, like, I was like, gotta bring, I'm trying to bring extra water so I'm hydrated. And Tyler's like, non-Coloradans. I was like, what? I'm, yeah. You should be staying hydrated. Like, you're at 6,000 feet. Like, why uh-huh. would you not? I don't understand. Or 14,000, you know. Yeah, that's true. I need to do a 14 or so bad. Yeah, you should have come. I didn't want to get up at 2 a.m. I, I only got like four hours of sleep the night before. Oh, well, it was worth it. It was worth 
I know. What's like your bucket list thing to do here in the state? Here? Yeah. Um, well, it was a 14er and I did that, but honestly, this is so ambitious and I don't think it would happen, but I want to hit all 14. I mean, all four, like all the 14ers. I feel like that'd be yeah. so cool. What is it? 54 of them or something like that? I don't think it's that many, is it? It's, yeah, it's either 53 or 54. Holy crap. So I don't know. I mean, you exactly could do, you could do them all in a year. One, one a weekend. Well, I would spread it out. <laughs> I'm so sore. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Now tallest, the tallest point in California is like 12, five. No, the tallest, no, it's Mount the tallest, Whitney. It's the yeah. Tallest, Mount Whitney is not 14,000. The tallest mountain is in California. Yes, no. it is. No, the one I, the one we did yes. yesterday is the second tallest mountain in the like U.S. Yeah, it was, was it Pikes Peak? No, we did um, Albert. Albert, yeah. Yeah, Albert. that's the second tallest mountain. Like, how tall is Whitney? Mount Whitney is the highest it's mountain about, in the contigu- contiguous United States, yeah. meaning not Alaska. Right. It's Denali's like twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's fourteen five oh five. Really? It's, it's like fourteen it's nine. It's fifty feet taller yeah, than the one we did yesterday. Oh. Uh, if you like got a ladder, you could like. Yeah, no, that's so really tall. <laughs> really. So I said when we jumped, we were like, we can add a few feet if we jump. Yeah, you could. <laughs> we did. That was my point. That's funny. Oh yeah. Okay, that's what that means. Yeah. Gotcha. That's really cool. I think for me, I want to go like. I would say it's something to do in the mountains. Yeah. I haven't really spent too much time out there since we moved here. Yeah. And I'm like, shooting myself for it because I'm like, that's like the whole point of being here. Yeah. Like, Besides school, you know, secondary. Yeah, school's irrelevant. It kind of is. I, I honestly kind of wish I was just here like having fun. Yeah. Yeah. There are some days when like, classes it's like, started, it's it was really just the easy. worst. <laughs> like, it's not like too difficult. At least no, it's not difficult. Me. It's just like, <laughs> I could be spending every day like in the mountains or something. Yeah. I have like 30 minutes of homework a week though. I cannot relate nice. to that. I, I have more than that for sure. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? What's your bucket list item? Bucket list? Um, it's probably to smoke weed. I, I, <laughs> no I, way. I'm really like interested in it because oh like my. that was the thing at my high school, and I never did it. And I'm like very curious as to like why all these people were so addicted to it that I want to try it at least once. No way. I, I, I see that. I see that from you. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big nature guy. Like it's like cool and stuff. The only like thing in nature. Oh, yeah. I want to see is like the northern lights. Me too. That's my number one bucket list. But I, Iceland, I don't get that here. Iceland, so. See the northern Iceland. lights. That's my number you one. You can go to Alaska and see the northern yeah. lights. I've been to Alaska. You have to go to like certain parts of Alaska. Uh, but I guess climbing a really big hill, that can be the top of my bucket list here. <laughs> I guess, no. I guess essentially that's what, it, that's what a peak is. It's just a big hill. We went on a hike and you showed up with no water and like <laughs> the equivalent of vans. I think they're worse than this. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's like so bad. It's an everyday shoe. And we're like, ZB, we're hiking. What are you wearing? <laughs> He's like, I don't own sneakers. Dude, what? I just fine. I would have done fine. These Texans, bro. Because we did the wrong trailhead. I actually, I climbed a volcano in those shoes. And I did just fine. But, okay, Texans have zero mountains. He yeah, also I, said, I, it was in Guatemala, and I climbed a volcano. Oh, that's actually really cool. He yeah. also said, I saw your post on the 14er, and I think I could have done it. In those shoes. <laughs> Absolutely. It was snow. It was snow all above the tree line. He would have been okay. wet, but he could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I've got Texas blood inside of me. There's You're nothing right. I can't blood. do. You're right. Yeah. You're right. 
That's actually interesting though about the weed. Um, I'm actually curious, but I, I'm down to talk about this if you want. Um, I th- what do you guys think about like drugs and like legalization of drugs? I think it's I think medical wise it's all right, but it's for sure a sin to do it recreationally. And so you're like admitting to just wanting to. Oh, smoke. absolutely. <laughs> I'm like I'm okay with that because I'm just gonna do it once. The flesh is bad is like defeating the spirit. Right? Like full yeah. stop. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I I could say that like I walked by the spirit for most of high school, to where it's like there has to be some reason and like something like there's something that I'm missing and like because there's there has to be a reason why everyone wants it, and. For me, it's like, okay, like, I want to relate to these people as best as I can, and I don't want to sound like I know nothing. And so, I don't know. I feel like that's... I'm also just very curious and just, like, really interested in it, but I think that whenever it becomes addictive, it's very detrimental, but you could say that about most things, not just drugs. But, like, if you replace weed with alcohol, and you say, like, oh, I wonder why these people are so into it, like... Literally, alcohol gives you no benefits other than being out of out of it for like mm-hmm. a few hours, which leads to other things that you yeah. want from it. But like, there's like no—I mean, I don't know. I've never smoked weed, so I don't know. But like, alcohol, legit, it serves no like. There's no positive purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like if you enjoy like wine or something, you can like casually drink. But like people that people that drink alcohol, like that drink alcohol, they're just trying to get drunk. Mm-hmm. That's like the only reason. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't know like what the benefits would be. I don't know. I think people like smoke weed and they just feel better. Yeah. But like, well, why? I mean, so actually, just like we're, she has a psych paper, and we were talking about this. It's because like, for weed, the most common thing is that it's a number, and it's like you just don't like want to feel anything at all. So, so like, why would you want that? My expert link in here it's, says it's a depressant. Yeah, it's an. Whatever. I thought it was an antidepressant. No, no weed and alcohol, or I know alcohol for sure is a depressant. Yeah, as in it makes you like not feel. Right, like, makes you not feel, and so is the answer is because there's like a void inside of them that they are trying to fill, but they can't, and so they're trying everything, and so like that's the reason why. Like, yeah. So why do you want it then? Do you have a void that you're trying to fill? Absolutely not. I'm perfectly content with where I am, and if I don't do weed, I'm gonna be okay with that. But it's just something where it's like. Like, this is the thing. Like, I want to try it, see what it's, see what it's about. Interesting. I'm, I'm confident and secure enough that I'm not going to get addicted. And so I'm okay with doing it once. How about, like, cigarettes? It's just nasty. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, like, what's the difference between cigarettes and weed? Like, you know what, you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, like you're just like, oh, I just want to yeah. try to see, like, just once. Like but, like, how many, like, what other things could you say that for, hypothetically? I yeah. mean, there, there's discernment in that. And so, like... I'm gonna do weed once. I'm not gonna take like shrooms or something. Like, bro, you don't want to shoot up heroin like going to school. Come on. And like, I probably will never get drunk, but like, I'd be willing to like, I'll try alcohol all the time. Have you never had alcohol? No, I have. Okay. Sorry, CCU. What were you saying? Sorry, CCU. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I have, and for the most part, it's been good. Except beer is disgusting, and I think wine is also gross. Yeah. Yeah. It's facts. I don't know. Do you have any desire for weed? <laughs> no, I cannot say that I do. I just have no desire to inhale anything into my lungs at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
also, I think the Bible's pretty clear about having a sound mind and the discernment that comes from that. Um, so I don't think being under the influence in any way is biblical. But Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think if you smoke weed, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> I don't really know <laughs> a whole lot, but if you smoke weed, aren't you pretty much guaranteed, like, you're going to get high, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's yeah. a difference. I, I think it depends yeah. on how much you have, right? Like How much you have, though. Because, yeah. like, if you have, like, one, like, yeah. truly. But, it, but it's, it's, drunk. It's, a lot right, right. it's a lot easier to get high than it is to get drunk. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Does, does, I don't know if you guys know this, but... <laughs> Do, do drugs and like and like weed and stuff does it have the same degree of effect as alcohol where it's like oh you're lightweight you know yes okay so you have to so bigger people taller people have to take more to get uh, the same it's also a tolerance thing so people yeah. build, build a tolerance gotcha weed interesting I think um, I mean I know for sure the bible says stuff about drunkenness mm-hmm. explicitly I don't does it say anything about so, so the, the Greek word is it's just sober minded Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. it implies both. Got you. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I mean. I mean, I think drinking can be a social thing, in still a biblical context. You know, like sharing a glass of wine doesn't explicitly mean that you're going to get drunk. No right. And yeah. So in that sense, I think that's fine. But I don't know. I would be hesitant to even get drunk once just you know just to be so sober minded just so that you have control over your thoughts and it's kind of hard to be a witness for Christ if you're not you know really in control of what you're saying that's very true Jesus' first miracle was turning like gallons and gallons (laughs) of water into wine for people to drink and for people to enjoy the wedding and so that's that's like the worst like interpretation of the scripture I've ever heard. I mean it's true. I mean it's like sure like the hidden like meaning behind it was so that like the, the bride and groom wouldn't be shamed for mm-hmm. like not having alcohol. But there definitely is like a social side to it. And Jesus yeah. wasn't saying, Hey everyone, here's the best wine you've ever had, go yeah. get drunk. But Yeah, I agree. I mean I think it's like one of those things where it's like know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because obviously, you know, my tolerance wouldn't be the same as like your tolerance. And so, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like what I can have to still be considered like a social setting with a sober mind is very different. Mm-hmm. Than, yeah. like, I will you. say it makes me a little worried um, just because I don't really know like my tolerance level and I don't want to get drunk. So I don't really know what that line is. But, yeah. I think, you know, I mean, you start, you start yeah. drinking, you can tell, <laughs> like- you can tell when you get, you know. And it also has to be careful that like you can't like like I feel like pushing like to see like how close you can go oh, yeah, is terrible. also like just a yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's like <laughs> it's like trying to do everything ex- like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like how basically can I like put my toes near the line without like Yeah. It's like it's very common in relationships too. Oh yeah. Like, like, yeah. like sexual like, stuff. Like, yeah. I think the question like most people ask is like how far is too far? Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of, how like, much can I do without Whereas right. I think the, the question is like how can we make this the most glorifying to God? So. That's so true. That's great. Do you guys think there is like a like a universal boundary for like every relationship, or do you think it all just kind of depends on like the people? What do you mean? Like, 
I feel like I could say like don't have sex before marriage. Well, obviously, like, that I mean, yeah, like, but like aside from that, I think I think it, it depends on the people. Like I know like plenty of couples who have like not kissed until their wedding day, mm-hmm. which respect to them. I don't know if I could do that, but yeah, like that's what was necessary for their relationship, mm-hmm. and now like those are some of the healthiest marriages yeah. that I've seen. And so, but also like if you kiss before marriage, like you're, you can still have a a great definitely yeah. Uh, marriage and so there's no like objective boundary for a relationship yeah i think it's totally like up to the it's up to like how much you want to get out of your your marriage like i have a there's a, a guy who was uh who went to my my home church and he said because like in high school like he he battled like like alcohol and like drugs and like getting with other girls and stuff and he said that that like his one his like biggest regret is obviously like giving himself away before marriage yeah. but also he said that he wishes that like he didn't even kiss his wife before marriage because he said like he's i mean that's his personal choice but like he's he's thought about like obviously how much better your marriage is like when you save yourself and like if you take that all the way to the extent of like even kissing or mm-hmm. even even more extreme like holding hands like oh i know no, no no yeah absolutely no i i, I disagree with it for, like for me personally but like I mean, I don't know. It, it's like it's almost one of the. I don't know. I don't know. He just said that he he wishes he never kissed her. Would you be ever. willing to not kiss someone before you get married? I don't think so. I mean, if she like, I don't know. If she like told me that like she didn't want to kiss me before our marriage, like. I, <laughs> Put that on the ick list. That's <laughs> like that's not. I don't. I feel like that's not gonna be like the deal breaker where I'm like, oh no, we can't date now. Like if, if she was like the perfect girl and like that was the only thing that she didn't want to do i'm not going to be like yeah i'm calling it off but at the same time like personally like, that's not my that's not a choice i would make yeah. mm-hmm. um i don't know how about you i feel like i would i feel like you would like, what I, I would like still date her oh yeah if she didn't want to like i feel like like that's like pretty mature like that's a very mature i think it is too yeah. to i honestly respect it and then like go through with it like that's like you're like consistent with what you believe in. And yeah. So I, I also like wouldn't necessarily initiate it, but if this girl was like, I don't want to do this, I'd be like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. I think it definitely shows like a lot of emotional maturity mm-hmm. to like put boundaries in place like that. Um. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know if this is like picking up. Like, I don't know if the background noise is even in there. I, I, I normally like don't listen to the full episode. <laughs> But like, <laughs> sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, it's all good. You're not the one interrupting. No, I'm just, I'm just kind of <laughs> <You're> <laughs> It's all good. Um, I <laughs> can't even stop thinking about it. <laughs> just yeah, just we'll wait, we'll wait. I hope it's picking it up. I'm sure it is. Like at least a little bit. Yeah, I think, I don't know, like, there's a lot of girls, especially in high school, that, like, try to act stupid or try to act, like, immature to, like, be attractive. Mm-hmm. And it's so unattractive. It's, like, my least favorite thing. Like, I, like, I, I totally, like, girls that are, like, intelligent and, like, have common sense and, like, have morals. Like, that's, that's attractive. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I mean, think me and one of my friends in high school, we started calling it the game. <laughs> and, like, we were just, like, like, anytime I just, like, 
like a girl would just be like like stupid like play flirty and all this stuff yeah we would look at each other and just go like ftg which stood for f the game <laughs> and like no one caught on but we always thought we were hilarious that's funny because like it was like it was a pretty frequent thing that oh, happened at yeah, like dude. small private yeah. christian high school yeah guys do it too though oh, oh they do sure. yeah, yeah definitely like thinking it's cool to yeah. not try I've I've actually I'm, I'm gonna be honest here I've actually found myself doing this, um, like when I'm when I'm into somebody like sometimes that I don't know it's so weird it's like the effect that people have on you when you're into them is so bad <laughs> it's terrible like I have so there's sometimes where I'm like I it's like a switch like when I'm around them I just like am a different person and I hate it <laughs> I hate it so much sometimes but, like I'll like scroll through my text and be like, dang, you're cringe. Like, I did not just say that. <laughs> Dude, that's... Have you ever thought about like the way you acted around somebody and then be like, that was actually really cringe. Like, yeah. You like sit back and reflect. I hate that. Like, oh no. Oh my God. That happened to me yesterday. We were at all... Dude, literally, we were at Olive Garden and, um, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. Um, so like we went because like some of our friends that are in moot court with us like work there. And so our waitress was, like, someone who's on our team. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just – this thing that happened was just so cringe. It was so bad. It was, like – and I don't know if anyone else picked up on it, but, like, it was – it just it just made me look so bad. It was so stupid. I don't even know if I want to talk about it. But like, <laughs> You kind of just did. <laughs> but then, like, a- afterwards, like, when we were leaving, I was like, wait a minute. That was actually so weird that I did that. Yeah. Uh, but it, but just, it gives me – yeah. Because most – like, I feel like most people think like that. But not like I feel like oftentimes like I don't see it in other people. Oh yeah, no, like, oh, same. Like, yeah, you no. you can never like see yourself from the other side of the mirror. Like yeah, like you're always gonna have a different perspective of yourself. That's so true. It's like hypercritical. Yeah. So, I feel like you're always your own worst critic. As cringy yeah. as it seems, but That's sometimes true. it feels really bad. <laughs> Definitely your own worst critic. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, like nitpicking everything you do, but like or like even when you're just like, oh, I look bad. I have like a pimple here. It's like other people don't even notice that yeah. they don't even care at least i don't but um but yeah dude <laughs> i hate that i'll just be like laying in bed sometimes and then i'll just be like remember that one time in like 2015 <laughs> yeah dude it's always when you're trying to sleep it's so, so bad. bad oh sometimes i just lie awake i think about scenarios in the shower like how i would have how i should have responded mm-hmm. to like certain things but like, oh, that would have been great. I hate that. I like, especially after like having conversations with people that are like tough. Like beforehand, I'm always like preparing. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna say this and this and this. It's gonna be great. And then I get there and like, eh, sometimes it's alright. Sometimes great. And then afterwards, I'm like, I should have said this and yeah. this, but I didn't. That's how I feel like speaking in front of people and mm-hmm. stuff, especially for like spiritual things. Like I have like all these things yeah. to sit out, mm-hmm. and then I get up and it's just like. I completely like butchered everything I said. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever given a sermon? Not like a, a full on sermon sermon, yeah. but for the most part, it's like sharing my testimony. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like, I hate how most people share their testimonies. And so I always try to include like things that I've learned, like the like big three things. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just like completely like forget to even talk about it, which like really like pisses me off afterwards. Yeah. Cause I'm like missed out. I feel like I don't really have like, like my testimony, I mean, everyone has, a, I guess, a good testimony because it's like theirs. But I don't have like some big dramatic story. It's mm-hmm. not even that exciting. So. Yeah, but there's still value in the stories of people who grew up in Christian households. Yeah, that's for sure. But 
I think for me, as someone who grew up in a Christian household and, um, you know, accepted Jesus into my heart and, you know, the childlike faith when I was four or something like that, it's easy to think that your testimony doesn't hold any value. Um, but when we were actually sharing our testimonies in FYI, um, I don't know. It, I think there's still a lot of power behind testimonies like that. Um, as long as you focus on the right things, which is why I get frustrated when I share my testimony and I forget key components that I want to share. Um, I feel like I'm losing the value in my, in my testimony, which isn't the case, but it just feels like that. But yeah. if you share like things you've learned throughout your life, obviously your faith isn't a linear experience. You don't get saved and it's just perfect from there on out at the same pace. There's still ups and downs, of course. And That's why I hate that like elevator pitch testimony thing mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, if you have to give your testimony in three minutes, here's how you do it. Like, I hate yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Like, you should not, I feel like you should not be like purposely condensing your story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and obviously if like the situation permits it and you have to like, you yeah. only have that much time, then yeah, focus on the key details. But like, I, I think you should be free to like say, say it like it is and, and, and don't leave anything out that you don't think is, yeah. that you think is important because the, plus the whole like elevator pitch thing, like the end of it is just like, Oh yep. Now God's in my life and everything's great. Yeah, like yeah, it doesn't yeah. leave any yeah. room for like, no, it's still hard. But like I'm working through it, yeah. type of thing. Also, like to go back to like the, the like the boring testimony mm -hmm. thing that like because that's like a very big in like um, my where I grew up. Uh, like I grew up in the Bible Belt, and so yeah. most people came from Christian families. And so like the thing that I've always heard is like one, you get to talk about the Lord's faithfulness mm -hmm. in, throughout your entire life, and two, you get to talk about like making your faith your own instead mm -hmm. of your parents, because yeah. that's, that's like the point. big shift. Yes. Yeah. Like, is this, is this because it's what you really believe in or is it because it's what you've been told your whole life? Yeah, that's so. a good point. I that feel like true. when I share my testimony, that's the thing I always focus on is when did my faith become my own? Yeah. Because well, I feel like that's the only thing yeah. you can, like, because yeah. otherwise it's just like, yep, I was a Christian my whole life. Yeah. The end. I mean, also yeah. a big thing is when you have been around the faith and been a Christian your entire life, I think that's when you can share God's faithfulness um, in really special ways where you can say... Like, I always knew God existed, but this is when he really showed up in my life. And this is when I really felt his presence and felt his, like, felt his hand in things that were going on in my life. And I think that that can be really powerful and relatable to people. Yep. Um, you know, because sometimes we'll go through periods where you don't really feel God and you don't really, um, you just don't really know. Or, like, you know, but it's hard to feel him working in your life. And so it just speaks beautifully to, like, just the powerful nature of god and like his consistency even when we can't feel it like doesn't mean he's not working definitely yeah, and it's like especially like you didn't always believe in jesus like there right. were there right. was yeah doubts. Yeah. Like, yeah sure sure and like you get to like talk about those doubts like because like like doubt is like one of the best catalysts for growth mm -hmm. and and so like you get to talk about like what you doubted like what you were struggling with like what you wrestled with because you're, you're like your testimony your story isn't perfect still like mm -hmm. you used to like you still like had issues that you're struggling with whether they were external or more internal right there's still like struggles and so you might not have been a recovering drug addict but maybe you had like terrible mental health issues or maybe yeah you, you like felt like everything in your life was just like fake and stuff like that yeah and so there's like everything is going to relate to someone mm -hmm. definitely yeah that's so true
I think that's one of the biggest challenges about growing up in a Christian household is that like it can be hard to sometimes I think it can be hard to like see the difference because like you've grown up around the environment and so like you're kind of conditioned almost and so then like I mean I know for me personally I mean I don't have this anymore but like there was like a period of time like throughout middle school and then even most of high school where I was like I was like you know do I like really believe in God or is it just because is it just because like um because because I was like taught to do it you know yeah um but because like even even if even if um it's always something (laughs) it's so hard it's so hard (laughs) Uh, but I mean, even if like, I would say the the point for me that I really took my faith on was when I was like eighth grade freshman year. Mm-hmm. But even even after that, it was still like there were there were obviously times when I was like, is this legit or am I doing it because I feel like I have yeah. to? Mm-hmm. Right. Which is which is really hard. I feel like almost worse than you know if you lived a life of sin and then you like had a huge transformation. You're battling lukewarm Christianity. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. I think I think lukewarm Christians are worse are, yeah. are the worst type of Christian. I would, like worse I would than argue atheists. that lukewarm Christianity is scarier and more dangerous than atheism. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, it talks about it in Revelations something I forget the verse, but it says like it's talking to the church in Laodicea, I think, and it's like like you are lukewarm. Like I wish you were like cold or hot. Yep. Like, if you are lukewarm, mm-hmm. I'll spit you out of your mouth because whenever you're cold, right, like. I'm from Texas. I'm going to be freezing in about like a month or two. And it's like, whenever I'm cold, I want nothing else except to be warm. Like yeah. whatever mm-hmm. like it takes to get me warm, which is like what an unbeliever can go through. It's like, they want nothing but to feel that warmth and they're going to try everything. And eventually they're going to get to Christianity and they're going to feel that warmth. But if it's like, if they're lukewarm, then they're never going to need that. warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like that, like double life type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, um, I mean, there. I I was at a church for a good majority of my life until about um, two three years ago, and uh, that was like that. That was like the thing. It was like it was mostly lukewarm. I mean, it was a huge church. It was like you know, it's a mega church, and so that's what you get a lot of because those are th- those churches are very new, like new Christian oriented, to where it's like we want to bring people in, but then like keeping people in and like keeping people invested is always like their weak point. Yeah. Um, it, like it's like it's like also like not even like what Jesus died for like uh, John ten ten says the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but I have yeah. come so you may have life and life abundantly and if you're like like following Jesus should never be boring I right mean, that's a great like one minor definitely for like lukewarm Christians because right like he died not for heaven someday but for abundant life today and so sure every day is not going to be perfect but like every day we're growing closer and closer mm-hmm. in the process of being sanctified more towards Christ that like like eventually like one bad day okay sure like that happens but like we're still going to be like living a better life mm-hmm. than non-believers yeah because of Jesus yeah absolutely absolutely i find lukewarm christianity really common especially at christian schools so i went yeah. to a christian school from kindergarten through 12th grade the same school um and you know the whole part of making your faith your own is not just falling into the patterns of reading the bible at school um where it's an academic subject same thing as here where you have theology classes um and making sure that you don't fall into a pattern of doing your schoolwork which is reading the bible and singing the hymns because that's what your school does 
just really dangerous to not find the value in the hymns and find the value in reading scripture. It's really common in places like CCU even, um, which is why it's really important to be intentional about who you surround yourself with and who pushes you in your faith. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. That was actually one of the things that I was like concerned about going to a Christian school. Mm -hmm. Um, I I went to a Christian school from like preschool to second grade. And then I was at public school the rest of my time until now. Um, And, and, you know, so like for me, like going to church and like being a Christian was like an intentional thing that I had to do Mm -hmm. because I was not surrounded by it every day. Um, And I was worried that like going to a Christian college that it would be like, it would feel very like, you know, like, like an obligation to people yeah. that it wouldn't be that you'd have a lot of lukewarm Christians. But I think, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of them here, like especially like athletes because you know they're just getting scholarship. Like also, I'll just say it, you know, it's it's true. Um, but I also think that by the time you get to college, like because you're paying for it, because it's like a decision yeah. that you have to make. It's like most people here are here because they want to be here, yeah, right. whereas they could just go to a state school for cheaper. Yes. Um, Whereas I, I don't think that's the case in high school. You know, a lot of them, it's just like, oh, my parents make me go here or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely interesting because I, I didn't go to a Christian high school, so I have no idea, mm-hmm. like, how that was. Yeah. But For my Christian high school and for Lukewarm Christians in general, I thought that the best solution is discipleship. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, we had someone who came to work at our school my junior year, and that was, like, his thing. Like, he was technically like, an academic advisor for, like, college, but he kind of didn't really do that. His kind of focus <laughs> was just, like, I, like I want to like disciple all these people and sure he did stuff with college too like but he, he was very like almost like 50 50 in like our spiritual life and so he like discipled me for two years and then I was able to like disciple the freshmen and the sophomores and even some of the juniors who were like um, like stagnant yeah and, like even like their growth from just like the few months that Definitely. They were being discipled is like more than like their whole life. Yeah, so, that's awesome. It's that's not because I'm so great. It's because consistency causes change. Right. And they didn't have that consistency. And also, I hate Bible classes. Like just like just Bible all classes across the board. All across the board. Really. I've had one Bible class that I've liked. Hmm. Why? I've been to Christian school since fifth grade. So is it just because it becomes like a textbook? Yeah, it's because it's mm. it's genuinely like it's raising Pharisees. It's raising people who know about the Bible. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far. And that was my high school. And so I'm very bitter towards Bible classes, especially that they like they were given a curriculum that they had to teach and like had to like grade on. And so the only Bible class that I liked was sophomore year, whenever my teacher had to leave because of health issues. So we just got like a random like other teacher and she didn't have a curriculum and so it was more personal and then you just kind of like talk about it and those were our grades and so like we still had grades but it was much more personal and like you could have bs your way through the whole class but if you were like mature enough about it you would have actually seen growth through a bible class whereas the rest is just memorize this that's kind of almost irrelevant to your faith like it's really you really don't necessarily need to know it but you need to put this on a test and then write a whole paper about it just so you can get an A so your GPA is good so you can go to a college. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I like for me, I've tried to be careful about, you know, New Testament, like not turning it into, mm-hmm. into that mm-hmm. because I, I don't want to view it as like reading the Bible is like something I have to do, mm-hmm. but rather something that I should be doing and that I want to do. Um, but like I, the thing that I've enjoyed about it is that, like the context behind it and like why certain books were written the way they were written. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just like understanding the text has like, I've got, I've gotten a lot from that from the class, mm-hmm. but 
overall, I do. I, I agree. I mean, I think it's, it's just, it's like a bunch of robots who just like yeah. know it's like, like read what like the Bible ten is. chapters of Matthew so you can yeah. answer questions on this yeah. quiz. Right. Is that really the most beneficial thing we could be doing with our yeah. time? I mean, I feel like no. there's ways to to do it where it's not like that. You mm-hmm. know, like maybe don't have tests on it or don't have quizzes yeah. on it, discussion but rather based. like. Yeah, have like discussion yeah. based or like discussion based. Sign a reading log even if you have yeah. to, like just to show that you are reading it. Like, yeah. but like, there's no reason for like being tested on it. If the assignment was to like read something in the New Testament and tell me about it, I would be fine with that. Yeah. Right, because people could just like not read something and just like, oh, in the Book of Matthew, Jesus did this, right? Or they could be like, in this book, all of this happened, and here's what I got from it. Here's how I'm going to apply it. Yeah, that's so true. So much more productive than. Right. What was the first gospel written? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, I had, so, I don't know. I think, I think it's like, it, that's the one thing like too about just here and, you know, and like having like required chapel and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those things where, you know, are people just going to chapel because it's required? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to chapel because they, they want to worship God? Like yeah. what is, what, and, and for me, like, and I've, I'll be honest, like, that's why I go to, that's why I go to the chapel most of the time is because, oh, got to get a credit because I also feel like the chapels, like, I don't really get much out of them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, They're so service level. what? Yeah. They're so service level. And they are. like the culture of chapels is so bad. Like yeah. it always feels so dead. Oh yeah. Because then, like people are going there between classes and they're only doing it because they have to graduate yeah. with it, which is something that my friend, cause originally when I was like. It was like sophomore year and I was like thinking about CCU and stuff and um, I like asked one of my friends I was like well would you consider going to Christian college and she was like I would but like at the same time like I don't like I'm I'm solid in my faith and I don't want it to turn into mm-hmm. more of like a required thing yeah. rather than like I want it to be a relationship and yeah. I was like that's really good yeah so I actually for that reason didn't want to go to a Christian college at all um, so junior year I was set on going to you know a public school, state school, except I knew I wanted to go out of state. Um, because I had grown up in a Christian school and I wanted to have to wrestle with being in a non-Christian environment and having to make my faith my own in ways that, you know, it's not required and it's completely on you. Um, once I decided that I wanted to study psychology, which in addition to business, but the psych aspect itself, I wanted to get a biblical foundation for my psychology. But when I go get my master's in Um, probably my doctorate, I want to go to um, just a state school or something like that, wherever, non-Christian environment to sort of have the contrasting ideas, but um, that was one thing was just um, some of the schools I looked at would have a lot more required chapels than we do here. One of the schools I toured had five, like, chapel a week, so every single day you would go to chapel, and you only had eight skips per semester, and so... (sighs) I don't That's time so, for that. I mean, that just, that completely, I mean, to me, that would completely ruin. That's just a cult. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. some people there, I mean, the people there love it, but I just can't imagine faith being so impersonal, saying that, you know, this is a basically a class every single day, and you can only miss eight times, and so you need to be here. It, it just leads to unfaithfulness, people tapping and leaving, or, you know, not paying attention which is something I've been wrestling with with our chapels here. Just In fairness, though, like, like 
when the chapels are good, that's when I'm invested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they're not, I'm not because it's not good. Yeah. You know, and like, like, I'll own that because I think there were some, there, there have been some chapels where I'm like, this is really valuable. Like when Narub came from LifeGate, like that was a really good one. Um, but like a lot of them where it's just like, we're going to give you like a, it's not even, it's not even like mm-hmm. biblically related. Yeah, and yeah. like, why do we need a whole week on like why porn is bad? Is that what this is? I think that's part of it is like the holy like sexuality, like, okay. like talking about like sexuality within marriage and like within dating and stuff. But at some point it's like, we're in college, like we are all adults yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're kind of almost getting treated like middle schoolers yeah. in yes. the content that like we're getting at chapels and well, stuff. It's, it's sad because I feel that fire like lit inside of me. Like I, on Thursday, had a speech and I was in my business formal and I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to chapel because I can't wear heels around campus the whole day. Um, so I need to go back and change. And then I was like really excited to go to chapel, actually. And I really wanted to go to chapel. So I like ran up to my room, changed and came back um, just because like I feel myself like wanting to go to chapel and wanting to have that experience. And it just feels like they're doing a disservice to us. But I agree. That <laughs> but it's also like, really difficult to come up with two chapels a week. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's true. But like, I feel like they could maybe like space them out more and like yeah, like one a week or something. Yeah, like actually like put some thought into it. That's how we had it. Like when I went to Christian school, um, it was one a week. It was like on Wednesdays. It was one a week, mm-hmm. and you had to dress nicer on those days. But like, I don't remember. I mean, I was really little, so I don't remember if it was always <laughs> super like. First grade. <laughs> no, seriously, it was like we were like khaki pants. Like guys couldn't wear shorts on Wednesdays. I hated those days because mm-hmm. I was like, California you have to wear pants. I hate yeah. this. But, uh, but like I don't, I don't remember if the chapels were ever like the surface level or not. I mm-hmm. guess when you're in second grade, you don't really. Remember. <laughs> My favorite chapel same. was the worship chapel. Yeah, was, I didn't even go to that one. Neither of you were there. No. Which one was that? The worship. It was just singing the whole time. No chairs. Oh, that's right. I was gone. I, I, that was the day I left for Long Beach. Oh, so go. that's right. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I I don't know. Like, there was a lot of time for prayer and, you know, just genuinely worshiping God. And I loved that. I was really glad I was a part of that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I feel like there there's a point where it's like, I don't know. It's weird because... I understand the the whole notion of like wanting to make it a part of your education, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like that's why people are here anyway. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, like to make it required, you have to have an X amount of credits of mm-hmm. chapel to graduate, or X amount of. Uh, I, mean, I feel like the service hour is actually one that I can get behind. Yeah, I can get behind that because I, I feel like yeah. it makes sense. It, Intentionality. Yeah, definitely. Like you have to make an effort to to put in service and, and like evangelize and, and do basically do the lord's work you know like you have to that is a a crucial part of being a christian but like requiring me to go to a chapel about like alumni like that's not benefiting my faith at all it's not helping me like from a school's point of perspective like if chapels weren't required one all the people who didn't want to go would be there and so the people that would go there it would create a better environment Mm -hmm. for everyone and then also that's on the people not going like they're paying the same amount of money like that's that's their own fault like that's true like yeah that's a good point like if they want to spend the tuition to come here then 
all right, that's on them. Like, I don't, I don't think people should be forced to yeah. go to a chapel. Yeah. Like, sure, they're missing out on a lot, but that's their own decision. They're an adult. Their actions have consequences. Right. And they I should also, know that. Yep. Yeah. I also don't think that our, quote unquote, extra credit chapels should be extra credit. You shouldn't be incentivizing it. Like when they say, you should come and you get an extra chapel credit. I think you should want to come for the experience that you'll have, not because you need the credit. That, right. Like when we have the worship nights, like when Benjamin Hastings came, I love Benjamin Hastings. I was so excited. And then everyone's like, oh, I'm going for the credit. And like that made me sad. I was like, yeah, I, I don't really like the whole like incentivizing aspect of these extra credit chapels because they could be so powerful and they are powerful. Yeah. I loved that. Hey, that was night. a good one. That was a really I good night. Played, played so a lot. My favorite, my, my favorite song. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It was just sad when people were like, well, I'm going for the for the credit, but I'll probably leave early. Like, that's sad to me mm-hmm. when you could have such an amazing experience and because of the incentive that people are provided, it's it's kind of like a cop-out. Like, I could go, I'm going to sit in the bathroom, or I'm going to go, but I'm going to sit on my phone. Um, I think we should be able to have that opportunity to be able to go to those worship nights without the incentive because people who want to be there will be there and people who don't want to be there won't be there. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, and I think, like, at a certain point, like, it's... Like, sure, you have, like, church on Sunday that, like, you don't have to go to and you get those, like, worship experiences. And then, like, you get, you know, like, maybe, like, time in your car, like, time in the shower, like, time by yourself where you get to, like, worship. But, like, corporate worship mm-hmm. with people your own age is, like, important. And Definitely. It's, it's always, like, been, like, a cool thing. Like, so like in high school, like, yeah. my church would have, like, all the high school students, like, sit together and, like, on, like, small groups on Saturdays and stuff. Yeah. Like, worshiping with, like, people your own age. There's something about it that makes it so much sweeter, especially whenever they're like your close friends. Mm-hmm. Like, like seeing like some of my friends like worship like encourages me yeah, and my same. own faith. And Which I so, think is actually probably the biggest reason why I came here mm-hmm. was because, like, I think just being being surrounded by like-minded people yeah. is so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I wouldn't encourage everyone to just like only ever surround themselves with like-minded people, but like, you know, I spent. I spent like, you know, 10 years of my life surrounded by mostly non-like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was, it was good because it made me have to actually be intentional about who I did spend my time with. But, um, I mean, I'm not going to say it was easy cause it wasn't easy. There were times obviously when I didn't make the best choices, but, uh, I think that was like refreshing coming here. Was that like knowing that I could like sit in a classroom and like say something that was like either like founded in my religion or like in my political views and like know that like I wasn't going to get flamed for it mm-hmm. was like really refreshing. Mm-hmm. So I will say that that is probably the best thing. And I, I think the community here is also really cool. Yeah. But I, I will say that like, so like I went to like a Christian school that wasn't very Christian. Okay. Uh, there was like maybe like three people in my grade of 90 who were like actually like following christ and so i don't know if you saw this at public school but like it's like the most like powerful thing for like like the non-believers and even like the lukewarm christians was like consistent mm-hmm. like not like you went to like a church camp or like a yeah. student retreat <laughs> and you came back on fire like <laughs> twice a year it's like can you do this for like all four years of high school right and so i don't know like if that opened up any conversations for you in high school but no it, 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 yeah like whenever you're not with like-minded people 
like your consistency is going to be noticed. No, definitely. I mean, I would notice that. Um, I mean, I think like the whole like, but the first year of high school for me was very much about like trying to please people and like just fit in wherever I could, like with every group I hung out with. Like, you know, when I was on my basketball team, I was trying to fit in with them, and then when I was, you know, hanging out with like other friends, I was trying to fit in with them. Um, and I, I definitely noticed like a significant like decline. And then I think when COVID hit, I had to be more intentional about like who I was. Cause I was like, okay, like if we don't go back to school or whatever, like who am I? Like I, I can't, I can't just be who I'm hanging out with. Yeah. I have to yeah. like be my own person. And so that's, I think when I became way more intentional about my faith and I, I noticed that I was way more consistent, yeah. you know, when I wasn't just concerned with pleasing people for sure yeah i think identity is huge i think that's like one of the biggest things that yep. most christians don't have and even like a like christians who have been following god for like 50 years like consistently like it's all like identity issues are always yeah. like the like almost like source of everything yep. of like not knowing who you are in christ mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. who like god has said you are and so yeah identity is huge yeah just like constantly like receiving grace like not just like a one-time thing at salvation but like right are you going to receive his grace every day definitely right? like are you going to remind yourself that like, like you're a chosen like you're god's special possession like he like thinks about you more than our like, grains of sand like all these things mm-hmm. and so like i think like if christians like knew that then we could be like a much more powerful force in the world yeah. definitely the first time i would say i definitively struggled in my faith and had to wrestle with issues was an identity based problem you know like placing my identity in um it was gymnastics at the time um and when i lost that it was like this whole this whole thing of not knowing who i was and then once i came out of that and saw god's hand in my life that was probably the most powerful thing like i experienced seeing like how god worked in that but identity is huge. It can cause so many problems for people who, you know, think they're good in their faith and then they realize that they've placed their identity in something else that has always been there. They lose it and they don't know who they are. Mm. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I think, you know, going back to what you're saying about, like, summer camp, what were you saying? I was, I was going to talk more about identity. Oh, yeah, yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, so basically, like, what I found, and this is something that my church did, like, back in Texas, is that, like, like if you like struggle with your identity like kind of like the rest of your faith is gonna struggle because if you like don't know who you are then you can't really know like who like god is and you're gonna have a misconstrued view of god and if you have a bad view of god then you're not gonna like like live on purpose and like, mm. our purpose of like furthering the kingdom like you're not gonna be able to do that to the best of your ability if you like don't know who you are like it all stems from that and it like flows throughout everything yeah that's for sure definitely yeah i mean so i i think that's like the biggest issue with with like people that go to like these summer camps and stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that like they don't even they don't they don't know who they are which is really sad but like they just think that which i think is i think the church actually does a huge disservice to people Mm -hmm. because like rather than like help them with that it's more just like jesus loves you love god love him back Mm -hmm. type of thing and it's like that that doesn't help that doesn't like foster growth yeah you know it, it just creates like more confusion for people and you know they go to these like, missions trips or summer camps and they like they're like have this mountaintop experience and then they come back and it's like now they're back in the real world and no one's equipped them 
with like mm-hmm. how to know yourself when you're back in the chaos yeah, and when you're back with people. Yeah. yeah. Like no one helps you with that. Like my church for, you know, 15, 16 years that I went to, like that was never talked about ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like, it was always, you know, Oh, like come to this event, like bring your friends, like all this stuff. But it's like, okay, what do you do after that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get, how do you help people like find who they are? And like, how do you, keep people in the church mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah i agree i i'm kind of against like summer camps like that too yeah just because i don't know i i've seen it a lot and it's just kind of sad like to like see the cycle and yep. it's like so obvious from an outside perspective but like whenever you're in it like you can't really see it yeah like, you think you're doing the right thing and like you think that like god just like feels far sometimes because like i don't know it's just like like you you have like a certain like almost like schedule on like either like retreats or mission trips or like if your whole day is like focused around God and then obviously like churches now like they know how to like almost emotionally like manipulate people yes. with music and lights mm-hmm. and songs yep so like, if you have more lights and fog machines you're a better yeah. Christian and like <laughs> like hype songs and yep. then lead to a super because like music it just kind of like it doesn't really ask to like change like do something inside of you it just kind of does yep and so like, doing that and then, like, having, like, an altar call and, like, doing those things. Like, you have, like, a very, like, strict schedule of, like, everything we do today is going to be about God in one way or another. And then you get back and it's just, like, it's not. And, like, the the lights at church aren't the same or the music yep. isn't as emotional. And, like, we're not spending our time with God 24-7. And then, like, it's just, like, slowly. But sure, like, it's it's slow enough that, like, you can't really notice it. But you can look back two months later and be like, what happened? Yeah. Dude, that was every year. Like, all, all the people going to, um, like, the summer camps and going to, you know, the mission trips. It, it would be, like, the Instagram post, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, instantly, like, like four months later, it's, like, wasted at some party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's – and it was the same thing. Like, it was, like, I could predict it to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that – it was like, it's kind of sad. It really is. Yeah. But then it just became predictable. And I was like, I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's because there's no roots. Like roots aren't going to grow over yeah. a mission trip. Um, exactly. Uh, it's Colossians 2.6. Uh, I forgot exactly what it is. But it's like, just as you have received Christ, continue to like be rooted, growing yep. in all these mm-hmm. things. And people just don't do that. And people like, it's like the parable of like, the, the roots aren't going to grow. Yep. And mm-hmm. You're going to die. Yeah. Like, like you see it so often and yeah mm-hmm. like the the cycle is never broken because yeah. people can't see it in the church yeah it doesn't tell people about it well it's actually really interesting so this summer i went to the same camp that i've been going to since like the summer after seventh grade and every year um people are in tears uh people you know feel the spirit moving and it's the same cycle like we were just talking about but this summer was really interesting our speaker um just was delivering the most surfacey messages and the worship just wasn't hitting the same as you could say yeah. um and i think that this is the year i grew the most <laughs> really? um because it wasn't feeling based it wasn't driven by how i felt in the moment which went away when i went home we had so many discussions within my group we were all like this year feels different we don't really know what's going on and it led to genuinely better discussions of why does this not feel 
you know, like it normally does, and what are we looking for? Um, basically, like, what is our soul looking for when we come to church camp that makes us feel good in the moment, and then we lose it when we get home? And why do we lose it? Like, what is our soul's deepest desire? And that led to, like, some really great conversations, which is interesting that when the speaker is not so great and you don't have that same spiritual feeling, you grow more because you're yeah. looking more deeply into what what your soul's truly looking for. Yeah. And it goes, it goes all, it goes back to like you having to make the effort. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not some like celebrity pastor on stage giving you a message that like makes you cry. Right. It's like, you know, yeah. you have to, you have to find the spiritual meaning in the spiritual depth and look for it in the message. Even if the message isn't the most appealing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I would also say like this year, my, so my school does a spring break mission trip each year. And this year was the most like, afterwards like people were like consistent with it and it's because they like there's a student-led bible study at my high school that like made the effort of like building that community that people could go to yeah like they weren't just like thrown back into high school sure like they had like people to talk to like once a week at least and like the leaders would check up with them throughout the week and stuff like that yeah like encourage them but also challenge them to like stick with it um which was really cool to see like as like my last semester ended that like, mm-hmm. okay like the school is like overall faith was like on an upward trend yeah that's good i think that's like the importance of mentors you know more than anything so i think you need someone like that so well that was really good i feel like we should wrap it up <laughs> kind of a weird way to end it you know it's kind of abrupt but um such is life so um <laughs> it's gonna wrap it up plug your socials where can people find you uh, where can people follow you? Uh, uh, Instagram at zb.bishop. My Instagram is eliana.star. Alright, sweet. I don't know how to spell it, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll link it. It'll be linked in the show notes. It'll all be good. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, until next time, I'm your host, Ethan. We'll see you next time. Let me think. Thanks for listening to The Think Tank. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a five-star review. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can email Chase and Ethan at thethinktankcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at thinktank.pod or on TikTok at thinktankpodcast. The music of Think Tank Podcast is recorded and produced by Corbin Finn.